the feast cycle has been reset. It is a brand new year on the Hebrew calendar, and this is the most festive time to be an Israelite. Let's get into it. We've got some difficult days ahead. I just want to do God's will. I want you to know the night that we as a people will get to the promised land. Shalom, shalom, my brothers and sisters. Welcome to another episode of Jacob Seed Podcast. Listen, I am so grateful that you have decided to join me right here on Jacob Seed Podcast. Take some time out to hang with your boy, Yahoo. Listen, if you haven't already, I want you to share this episode with five people that you know, whether they're in the way or they're out of the way. Also want to give a big shout out to all of you who have subscribed to this podcast, who have followed me on Instagram, who have followed me on Facebook, who have bought a t-shirt. So listen, if you do not follow me, you can, um, at Jacob C 12 on Instagram, you can, um, look up Jacob C podcast on Facebook to follow us there. And you can also, um, search Jacob C podcast on Teespring in order to get a, um, to purchase t-shirts and hoodies, or just click the link um, on the Facebook page on the Instagram page. If you follow us there. So let's get right into this episode. A brand new feast cycle has started. A brand new year has started. Um, So I want to briefly discuss the spring feasts and I'll get to the I'll make a part two of this where I discuss the fall feasts. So um, if you don't know if you're if you're if this is your first time listening to Jacob C podcast or you're new to the way um, the feasts are the set apart holidays that the most high has given his people Israel. So we as a nation have our own holidays. Uh, You no longer have to do Thanksgiving or Christmas or Easter, uh, 4th of July and all these other pagan holidays that is riddled in the worship of satanic gods, um, satanic worshiping and seances and all these other things. When you look at the origins of all these other um, holidays, we realize that they in no way celebrate out the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, but instead they're very humanistic and they celebrate men. Uh, Most of them are, have their origins in the celebration and the um, veneration of Nimrod. But in coming into the truth, we are freed from all those pagan holidays. We are freed from the sin of even um, worshiping other gods. And now we have the freedom Um, to worship in the way the Most High has designed us to worship as Israelites. And all of these feasts can be found in Leviticus chapter 23. And we will go to Leviticus chapter 23 briefly so that we can discuss um, the what we call the spring feasts. So the feasts outside of the Sabbath day, which is a weekly feast. So there's 52 Sabbath days a year because there's 52 weeks out of the year. So in six days, you ought to do work on the seventh day. You are to rest and you are to gather um, with other Israelites um, in rest in scripture and in worshiping the most high. And all the other feasts are also in Leviticus chapter 23. So we have our spring feast. So this is where we are at now. We're in spring. So when the most high delivered our ancestors out of the hands of Egypt, out of the hands of Pharaoh, he reset the calendar 
and you can um, you can read this account in the scriptures. You can go to Exodus chapter 12 all the way through chapter 15 and you can see how the most high changed the calendar and freed our people out of the hands of the Egyptians. And that's why our first feast that we have is Passover, because Passover is the first thing that we did um, on our way out of the hand of bondage. And that is the start of what we call spring. So if you're a Hebrew, if you're Israelite, um, we do not celebrate the new year at January 1st. We celebrate the new year in the month of Abib or the month of Nisan, which is the springtime. We celebrate it in the spring equinox, not the winter Easter equinox, the winter solstice. We celebrate the spring equinox. That is the first of the year for us. And again, that account is found in Exodus 12 through 15, where the Most High changed the calendar for us. So it's a brand new year, ladies and gentlemen. So if, if someone has not said it to you already, happy new year. Um, so we're going to be going over the spring feast. So the so the feast, for the most part, are chopped up into spring and fall, because usually these are this is when we have our harvest. And knowing that our ancestors were an agrarian society, um, their feasts were centered around harvest times. So our first feast um, is when we get our first crop of the year. Very practical, very functional. Right. Um, so we'll be looking at that again in Leviticus chapter 23. Um, so the feast of the spring are Passover, unleavened bread, first fruits and the feast of weeks. And then you have your fall feasts, which I'll discuss those in part two of this closer to those feasts. But you have um, you have the feast of trumpets, the feast of uh, uh, the day of atonement and tabernacles. Um, and those are the seven feasts um, that are lined out in Leviticus chapter 23. If you have your Bibles with you, if you're sitting down somewhere, if you're not driving, go ahead and open up your Bible, open up your phone, tablet, whatever you use um, and go to Leviticus chapter 23 Leviticus chapter 23 and when you read um, reading at verse 1 it says and Yah spoke to Moses saying speak to the children of Israel and say to them concerning the feast of Yah which ye shall proclaim to be holy convocations even these are my feasts so we see in the first two verses that these feasts are to be set apart gatherings for the children of Israel all right and the very first feast that is mentioned, as I said before, is the Sabbath day. It says six days shall work be done, but the seventh day is a Sabbath of rest, a holy convocation. Ye shall do no work therein. It is a Sabbath of Yah in all your dwellings. So no matter where we are. So if we're in Israel, if we scatter to the four corners of the world, we ought to observe the Sabbath day. Um, and now, so chapters so I'm sorry, verses four through eight is going to go through Passover and unleavened bread Verses nine through 15 are going to go through what we call first fruits and verses 15 through 22 is going to go through the feast of weeks or also known as Pentecost. So I'm going to read these off and these give step by step instructions on what we ought to be doing. And then we're going to go over into the Brit Hadashah or the New Testament, and we will see how um, Yahshua Hamashiach who the world knows as Jesus Christ, has uh, become the physical representation of these spring feasts. All right. So we're going to read in Leviticus 23. Then we're going to jump over to the New Testament and we're going to see how 
how, how the, how the son of the most high has become the physical manifestation of the spring feasts. So let's start in verse number four. And we're going to talk about the Passover. He's going to talk about the Passover and the unleavened bread. And it's going to give us some instruction. All right. So it says, these are the feast of Yah, even holy convocations, which ye shall proclaim in your seasons. In the 14th day of the first month at evening is Yah's Passover. So we know it, it, these, these feasts start in the evening of the 14th day after the new year. So after the, the new moon, the 14 days after that in the evening is Yah's Passover. And on the 15th day of the same month is the feast of unleavened bread unto Yah. Seven days ye must eat unleavened bread. In the first day ye shall have a holy convocation. Ye shall do no servile work within. But ye shall offer an offering made by fire unto Yah seven days. And the seventh day is a holy convocation. Ye shall do no servile work therein. So this is talking about the Passover again, which will be found in Exodus 12 through 15. And it's talking about the Feast of Unleavened Bread. So we celebrate Passover because, um, and I'll do an overview of Exodus 12 to 15, because if, you, if you've never heard of that story or that, um, that passage. So um, our, our ancestors were in the, the bonds of Egypt. So we were enslaved in Egypt for about 215 years. And the people... Um, our ancestors cried out to Yah for 215 years that they may be freed from the bondage of Pharaoh. And he heard his people and he sent the prophet Moses to deliver them out of the bondage of Egypt. Um, he sent uh, a myriad of plagues and he also hardened the heart of Pharaoh. But that last plague broke Pharaoh to his knees because it killed every firstborn male and beast in the land. And Pharaoh's son succumb to death but those who knew the truth and listened to moses they killed a lamb with that had no spot or blemish they 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 spread the blood on the doorpost and the angel of death passed them by and then they were uh instructed to um, eat the whole lamb that night them and their house and the and their neighbors if their neighbors could not afford a lamb and then they were to eat in haste they were to eat it with bitter herb and they were to flee the country of Egypt. And we all know that, you know, through the working of the Most High, um, he parted the Red Sea for them. They went over the Red Sea on dry land and Pharaoh and his armies were destroyed. And our ancestors were able to see the destruction of Egypt. And then um, one of my favorite parts, Moses' sister, the prophetess Miriam. Um, grabbed out a tambourine and they began to celebrate. So the Yah says, we have to um, remember this everywhere, every year, no matter where we're at, we remember the Passover and we have a feast and a celebration for that. So these are the instructions in Leviticus uh, chapter 23 verses four through eight. So this is Passover. So that's Passover. And then we look at unleavened bread. So unleavened bread is on the 15th day. So the day after Passover is unleavened bread. Both Passover and unleavened bread are also Sabbath days. So we are not to work on Passover and, unle and, the, and unleavened bread. So for seven days, we are to eat unleavened bread. So, so if you don't know how to make unleavened bread there, you can go to Google and you can Google 
um, different recipes of unleavened bread, but also um, you can buy crackers or if you have a um, like a, a, a Middle Eastern um, grocer next to you or whatever, you can find different crackers or whatnot, or you can just buy some plain, um, you know, salted crackers. That's unleavened bread. Uh, but the best thing is, is my, my wife makes some unleavened bread and it's unbelievable. And you can, you could do so many things with it. You can make, uh, you could put, um, chocolate in it. You can put, um, people put lemons or strawberries or whatever it may be, whatever flavor of unleavened bread you want, you can have it. But for seven days, you are to eat unleavened bread and make a sacrifice of fire, um, to the most high that's Passover and that's unleavened bread. Now, verses nine through 14, um, explain first fruits. So there are pretty much, there are three feasts in one. So Passover, unleavened bread, first fruits are kind of all bundled up in one. So as soon as we have a new year on the 14th day of that new year, we begin Passover on the 15th day, we begin unleavened bread and within, and while unleavened bread is going on, we also celebrate first fruits. So verses nine through 14 explain first fruits in Leviticus 23. It says, and Yah spake unto Moses saying, speak unto the children of Israel and say unto them, when ye be come into the land, which I give unto you and shall reap the harvest thereof, then ye shall bring a sheaf of the first fruits of your harvest unto the priest. And ye shall wave sheaf before Yah to be accepted for you on the morrow after the Sabbath, the priest shall wave it. And ye shall offer that day when ye wave the sheaf of the lamb without blemish of the first year of the burnt offering unto Yah. And the meat offering thereof shall be two tenth deal of fine flour mingled with oil an offering made by fire unto Yah for a sweet savior savor and the drink offering thereof shall be of wine and a fourth part of hen and ye shall eat neither bread nor parched corn nor green ears unto until the selfsame day that ye have brought an offering unto your Elohim. It shall be a statute forever throughout your generations in all your dwellings. Um, so this is the, the feast of first fruits. All right. So it's, it's telling you that you should go out, you should grab yourself a sheaf. Cause remember these are glaring people. So they, they, they literally grabbed the crop and they waved it to the most high. And then they made an offering of meat to him um, as well. And he said this, we should be doing this, as forever and wherever we're at so if you're a farmer this is made easy for you now for most of us <laughs> who are not farmers this might sound difficult but i believe that yah understands our plight he understands time he understands that we're in the land of captivity and that we all don't have sheaves to wave at him right so what i've seen some congregations some camps do um, they will either go out and um, literally pick something out of the ground, whether it's a weed or um, some of them even grow uh, where the corn stock or whatnot and or wheat stock and allow that to grow up. And they will wave that at him or some simply take a towel, a wash rag, literally, I'm, I'm not joking, and they wave it at the most high. You 
in this captivity, we have to use what we have to do what we can do. I believe and I believe the most high will honor that because I believe that he understands that a lot of us don't have the tools um, to wave a sheaf at the most high. Um, and that's in verse 11. And you shall wave the sheaf before Yah to be accepted for you on the morrow after the Sabbath. The priest shall wave it. So these are the first three feasts of the year. Passover, unleavened bread, first fruits. And then in verses 15 through 22, we read about the Feast of Weeks or as some call the Feast of Pentecost, the Feast of Pentecost. So verse 15 says, and ye shall count unto you from the morrow after the Sabbath, from the day that ye brought the sheaf of the wave offering, seven Sabbath shall be complete. So this is 50 days. This is 50 days. So from the time of first fruits, we count 50 days and then that would be Pentecost. Verse 16 says, even unto the morrow after the seventh Sabbath shall ye number 50 days. There it goes. And ye shall offer a new meat offering unto Yah. Ye shall bring out of your habitations two wave loaves of two tenths deal and they shall be a fine flour and they shall be bake bacon with leaven. They are the first fruits of Yah. And ye shall offer with the bread seven lambs without blemish of the first year and one young bullock and two rams. And they shall be for a burnt offering unto Yah with their meat offering and their drink offering, even an offering made by fire of sweet savor unto Yah. Then ye shall sacrifice one kind of the goats for a sin offering and two lambs of the first year of the sacrifice of the peace offering. And the priest shall wave them with the bread of the first fruits for a wave offering before Yah with the two lambs. They shall be holy to Yah for the priest. And ye shall proclaim on the same day that it may be a holy convocation unto you. You shall do no servile work within. And there shall be a statute forever in all of your dwellings throughout all your generations. And when ye yeep the harvest of your land, thou shalt not make clean riddance of the corners of thy field when thou reapest. Neither shall thou gather any gleaning of thy harvest. Thou shalt leave them unto the poor and the stranger. I am Yah, your Elohim. So we have Passover. We have unleavened bread. We have first fruits. We have feast of weeks. And I know. So obviously. So Passover is when we celebrate the coming out of Egypt, the breaking of the bonds of bondage. Unleavened bread is is more of a solemn thing. So we're removing leaven. Leaven is symbolic of sin. So we're removing leaven from our homes as well as from our hearts. Um, and then we look at the first fruits. So we, we celebrate the, the thing that the most that the most high has given us. We celebrate that the first fruits of the year because the most high has blessed us and has blessed. And, the, and our people saw that he had blessed the crops of the land. And then the Feast of Weeks, uh, which in modern days is, cel is celebrated for two things. Number one, uh, it's celebrated as the, the time when the Most High descended on Mount Sinai and gave Moses um, our laws and our statutes. And then as well as when he descended on the 120 in the upper room um, and the filling of the Ruach HaKodesh or um, as some called the Holy Spirit. 
So now that we have a, a kind of overview of what these feasts look like, let's go into the New Testament and see how Yahshua has literally become the embodiment of the spring feasts, right? So the first feast that we have is, um, is Passover. So Passover points to Yahshua as the Passover lamb. If we go to 1 Corinthians 5, 7, it states, um, let's go over there. 1 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7. Sorry, I don't want to move too fast because if you're sitting down, you have your, your Bible with you, I want you to be able to, to rock with me. Um, so 1 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7. And it says, Purge out therefore the old leaven, that ye may be a new lump, as ye were unleavened, for even um, the Hamashiach, our Passover, is sacrificed for us. So now we see that before in Egypt, in physical Egypt, the Most High said, slaughter a lamb and spill the blood over the doorpost so that death does not visit your firstborn son. Now, Yahshua has become our sacrificial lamb. He has become the Passover lamb and his blood covers us so that death does not come our way. Also, he will be the one who will free us out of the system of Egypt. So now we are scattered into the four corners back into Mizraim as um, Deuteronomy chapter 28, 68 tells us sold into slavery and all these things. But Yahshua now has become the sac our sacrificial lamb, our Passover lamb. Now his blood resides over the doorpost of our hearts and of our minds so that even now when we pray, um, we don't have to. We can we can pray to the most high because our sins are covered by the blood of Yahshua. He is now the Passover lamb. The perfect sacrifice. He has, he's not blemished with any kind of sin. He's never had any leaven in his heart. First Corinthians 5 7 shows that he is now our Passover lamb. The perfect lamb's blood was spilled to protect the Hebrews from the 10th plague prior to their release from Egypt. Yahshua's blood serves as our covering against the justice brought against us due to our sin. Yahshua was crucified on the day that our ancestors slaughtered lambs in preparation for the Passover the next day. And as you read the scriptures, you will see now that you're in the truth, you'll see it a little bit different. As the, as as our ancestors were literally slaughtering lambs for the Passover, our savior Yahshua was being slaughtered on the tree. Um, and then we move into the unleavened bread. So unleavened bread describe, yeah, describes Yahshua's sinless life. So as I said before, leaven is symbolic of sin throughout the scriptures. Yahshua was without sin and therefore blameless, spotless, perfect sacrifice for our sins. Yahshua's body remained in the grave during the beginning days of this feast. He, like, um, like a planted seed, would resurrect into new life. All right. So as unleavened bread was taking place. So the first day, um, so it's a new month on the day before the 14th, a lamb was slaughtered on that same day. Yahshua was being slaughtered. Isn't that something on the next day? 
Passover happened. Then unleavened bread happened. So while um, while we were celebrating, our ancestors were celebrating unleavened bread, Yahshua lay in the grave, defeating death. He is the perfect sacrifice because he had no leaven. So during unleavened bread, we are for seven days, we are to eat unleavened bread. That sounds redundant. I'm sorry. So during the feast of unleavened bread for seven days, we are to eat unleavened bread. Yes. But the but the leaven is symbolic of sin. So as we're eating unleavened bread for seven days, we ought to be in a solemn reminder of the sin that is in our hearts. We ought to be praying that the most high reveal every nook and cranny and corner of our heart, of our mind, of our life where sin may reside because we know that one little bit of yeast, as the scriptures say, can run through the whole lot of the bread and make it rise just a tiny bit of yeast. So we want Yah to clean up everything, expose it, bring the light to it so that it can get out so that sin may no longer reside in our hearts. So this is a challenge I want to bring to you because a challenge I, I brought to uh, myself and my wife that this year will be the year that we fight. So we know that this 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 year is already crazy in 2020. It started off crazy. It may end crazy. This may be our new normal. I don't know. But as for this new Hebrew year, I want to challenge all my brothers and sisters to fight against the leaven in our lives, to fight against the sin in our lives, a serious fight against sin because we can't fight our adversary and be muddled in sin because if we're muddled in sin and we know that through the the apostle john sin is transgression of the law so if you're not following the law statutes and commandments of the most high written out in the books of genesis exodus leviticus numbers and deuteronomy then you are in a perpetual state of uncleanness and in a perpetual state of sin if you're in these states, Yah cannot use you. You will be weak to fight against our adversary. And our adversary, the Most High says that he is a roaring lion. Seeking to whom he can devour. Yahshua says that the, our enemy, the adversary, told Peter that he wants to sift him like wheat. He wants to destroy you. And sin is his first line of destruction. If he can get you to believe that the law, statutes, and commandments are done away with, if he can get you to believe that a little lie won't, a little lie here won't hurt, a little cheating on my taxes here won't hurt, a little flirting with that girl, that that, that pretty woman in, in next to the cubicle won't uh, won't hurt, a little flirting with that that handsome guy on the other side of that cubicle won't hurt um 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 looking at looking at porn because my sex life is is not desirable the most high will understand it just a little bit won't hurt speaking ill of my brother and sister just a little bit of gossip oh skipping this feast skipping that feast i don't feel like going to sabbath today that won't hurt my brothers and my sisters, I'm telling you that a little bit of yeast in the unleavened bread will make the whole thing rise. We need to examine our hearts. We need to examine our lives, our minds, 
find that leaven, ask for the strength of Yahuwah, the strength of the creator of this whole world, that he may help us remove those things from our heart. But it's not going to be easy, my brothers and my sisters. It is going to be a hard fight. So as we're fighting sin and leaven on one hand, we're also fighting a physical, real adversary on the other hand. So I understand, yes, it's hard. It's hard for me. It's hard for you. It's hard for the OGs that's been in this walk for decades. If you ask them, nobody's perfect. We all fall. We all come short. But we have to fight. We have to fight. We can't just lay down and take this loss. This is not a loss that we can afford to take. We have to fight hard against sin. Because we can't win a war against our adversaries if we are muddled in sin. Yahshua has given us the pathway to defeat sin because he has been the sacrificial lamb, the Passover lamb. So now we are no longer in bondage. And he has also become the perfect sacrifice because there was no leaven found in his life. Yahshua was resurrected on the day of first fruits, <laughs> becoming the first to defeat death and offer us new life. This this uh, one reason Paul refers to Yahshua as the first fruits of the dead. If you go to uh, back to first Corinthians, we'll look at chapter 15, verses 20. First Corinthians, chapter 15, verse 20. And it reads. But now Hamashiach, risen from the dead, has become the first fruits that slept. So now we see that the scriptures say that not only is he the Passover lamb, not only is he void of leaven, now he has become the first fruits of those who will conquer death. Because we know in Revelations that he will, um, those who were faithful to him, those in Revelations, I believe Revelation 14, 20, uh, Revelation 14, 12, it talks about those who followed the commandments of the Most High and kept the witness of Yeshua. Those are the ones who will be resurrected into new life. Those will be the saints. Those will be the ones that defeat death. But before all that happened, Yeshua has become the first fruits. So now do you see the correlation here? He's the Passover, he's the unleavened, and he's the first fruits. So now um, we say, well, well, where does Pentecost come into this? So a lot of us, before we came over to the truth, that we hear about Pentecost is always attached to a charismatic domination, where there's Church of God in Christ, Church of God, um, uh, whatever other Pentecostal denomination um, that you want to think of. And it's always, you know, talking about speaking in tongues, people running around all over the church, swinging off chandeliers, falling out, uh, tripping over the pews, this chaotic scene, um, that's going on. And, and, and now that you look, if you're looking from the outside in, it looks like these people are just possessed. Right. And what they don't understand as they're preaching in those Christian churches that the law is done away with, they don't even realize that Pentecost in Acts chapter two is not just a time where 
the Ruach HaKodesh, the Holy Spirit, fell on the Yahudim of Yahshua. But it's actually a feast that is laid out in Leviticus chapter 23, Feast of Weeks. The reason why all these people were gathered in Jerusalem anyway, why Peter was able to talk to 3,000 different people of all different languages, because remember by this time, we have been scattered to the known worlds, right? All Israelites have been scattered. Remember, some stayed in Babylon. Some were scattered to what we now call Italy. Some were scattered to European countries. Some were scattered to North Africa. Some were scattered to the eastern parts of Africa. And but 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 because it said that we ought to come up to Jerusalem for this feast, all these people would come up. At least all the males would come up to the feasts in um, the Feast of Weeks or Pentecost in Jerusalem. This is why Peter was able to talk to 3,000 people. This is why 120 of them were able to be gathered. It wasn't a coincidence that these people were there. They were honoring the feast or the holidays of the Most High. Our people have always done this. So after the ascension of Yeshua, they still kept the feast of weeks or the feast of Pentecost, proving that the law, statutes, and commandments are not done away with because even after his ascension, they still celebrated the feast found in Leviticus chapter 23. So let's go to that. Let's go to Acts. Let's go to Acts chapter 2. Because um, 50 days after the beginning of the Feast of Unleavened Bread is the Feast of Weeks. So from Unleavened Bread, we count 50 days and then we get Pentecost. Um, several sacrifices were made, as as I said in Leviticus 23, we saw the several sacrifices that were made during this festival. And it is tied into the theme of harvest, because remember, our people were agrarian. They were farmers. Um, it is at that Pentecost in Acts chapter two that Yeshua sent the Holy Spirit or the Ruach HaKodesh. Um, Peter preached and about three thousand of our ancestors responded to his proclamation of the gospel. And this Pentecost is considered to be the birth of of uh what what will be called the church and we know that over time you know history um the, the roman catholics pretty much hijacked that and made it what is now the religion of christianity um, and i may do a podcast about that i do not know but let's go to acts chapter 2 let's go to acts chapter 2 because remember yahshua told his yahudim or his disciples that he would send a comforter to them and wait, they ought to wait for that comforter. It says in Acts chapter two, Acts chapter two, verse one, the first things it said, the first thing it says, watch this. Now that you have the understanding, the first thing it says is, and when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all in one accord in one place. So how would they know when the day of Pentecost would come? So, so we assume that Yahshua gave them the specific day when, when the, when the, uh, when the rural Hakadesh would fall. No, 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 no. This was a feast. A feast. So they already knew the date because they have been doing this already for thousands of years. Let's keep reading. Verse 2. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. So this is also symbolic of when the Most High delivered the um the commandments to uh, to moses and the people of israel on mount sinai because if you read that account it's the same description that when the most high spoke it was as 
Um, it gives the imagery as a volcano erupting, strong winds, lightning and thunder and um, all these things happen to the point where our ancestors say, hey, Moses, listen, you got to go up there and speak with this, uh, speak with this Elohim, because if he continues to talk to us, we're going to die. We can't take it. <laughs> so that's why Moses went up to the mountain on his own and he talked uh, with the most high. And then he relayed the message from the most high to the people and from the people to the most high. Right. So he was the mediator. He was the mediator between the people and the most high. But now we have a high priest out of the order of Melchizedek called Yahshua Hamashiach, known to the world of Jesus Christ, um, who is now our mediator between the people and the most high. So let's keep reading. Verse three. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire. It set upon each of them and they were filled with the Ruach HaKodesh and began to speak with other tongues as the Ruach given them utterance. And there were dwelling at Jerusalem Jews, devout men out of every nation under heaven. See, we were scattered through every nation under heaven. And now this was noised abroad. The multitude came together and were confounded because that every man heard them speak in his own tongue. So it also proves, and I don't want to get in this big doctrinal thing, that the tongues they were speaking were actually intelligible tongues, meaning people can understand them. And they were amazed and marveled, saying one to another, Behold, are not all these which speak Galileans? And how hear we every man in our own tongue when we, when we were born? And Parthians and Medes and Elamites and the dwellers in Mesopotamia and in Judea and in Cappadocia and Pontus and Asia and uh, Phygera and Pamphylia. Excuse me, I know I'm pronouncing some of these wrong. In Egypt and in the parts of Libya about Cyrene and the strangers of Rome, Jews and proselytes, uh, Cretans and the Arabians, we do hear them speak in our tongues the wonderful work of Elohim. So when we look at the Feast of Weeks or Pentecost prior to this time, it was our ancestors would celebrate the giving of the law at Mount Sinai. Now, when we celebrate the Feast of Weeks of Pentecost, we can celebrate both, number one, the giving of the law at Mount Sinai and also the giving of the comforter um, there in Jerusalem to Yahshua's Yahudim, who faithfully waited on him um, as he instructed. So pretty much that is the culmination of the spring feast. So I hope this helped you. I hope this was understandable. Um, please go and read all of Leviticus, Leviticus chapter 20, 23. I will also do a part two of this closer to the fall feast. Um, but remember that we have our own holidays as Israelites. We don't have to and we shouldn't be participating in any pagan holiday. So let, let me give you a disclaimer. If it ain't in scripture, it's pagan. All right. You're not going to find Easter. You're not going to find Christmas. You're not going to find the 4th of July. You're not going to find um, Thanksgiving. You're not going to find Memorial Day and all these other days. You're not going to find those in scripture. Those are the holidays. Each region, um, if you read the if you read the, the scriptures, each region of the world was assigned an Elohim, a God. And each region worshiped that God in, in their own way. We're under we're still under Roman captivity. Yes, we're in the United States of America, but they are an extension of Rome and they have their own gods that they celebrate. 
during Christmas, during Thanksgiving, during Easter and all these other things. We are not to celebrate with them. Jeremiah chapter 10 says that we are not to do the things that the heathens do. We're not to celebrate with them. We're not to we're not to learn the ways of our oppressors, as King Solomon would tell us in Proverbs chapter three, verse thirty one. But we are to do and celebrate the feast that the most high has given us, has given his people is lined out in Leviticus chapter 23. And now we see even through the New Testament that Yeshua, our savior, has become the physical embodiment of the Passover lamb, the unleavened bread and the first fruits. And we also see the giving uh, at, at Pentecost, the giving of our comforter, the Ruach HaKodesh to his people so that we can have strength and that we can be witnesses to the world about this truth. Listen, brothers and sisters, I hope that this helped you. I hope this was good to you. I'm excited. This is my favorite part of the year. Um, able to get together with my brothers and sisters and celebrate Passover and unleavened bread and first fruits and the feast of weeks. And um, when the fall time comes, able to celebrate with them uh, trumpets and day of atonement and uh, tabernacles being like my favorite one, because that is that's where we have the most fun uh, during tabernacles. And just having this time with my brothers and sisters um, going back and 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 being a part of the. The covenant that Abraham, Isaac and Jacob struck with the most high and just living that out as we're supposed to as we're getting ready, because first God was preparing them to walk to Mount Sinai. Um, now, uh, the most high is preparing us uh, to walk back to Mount Zion so that we can worship with him and his son in the new Jerusalem on the, in the new in the new earth um, that is to come. So that's all I have for you guys today. As always, seek truth, live it out inform others. Shalom. Thank you for listening to another episode of Jacob Seed Podcast. We ask that you subscribe, like, and review, as well as share this podcast on whatever platform that you're listening to this on. Have you ever wondered how to be a part of the show? You can call in to the podcast voicemail at 901-300-7474. Leave your comment and question, and we will play it on the next episode of Jacob Seed Podcast. Also, if you go to our Instagram page at JacobC12 or the host page at Yermayahu15 on Instagram or Twitter and press the link, you can find ways on how to support this podcast. You don't have a social media account? That's perfectly fine. You can go to linktr.ee forward slash JacobC12 to find more ways on how to support this podcast. We thank you. We appreciate you. We love you. And remember... Seek truth, live it out, and inform others. Shalom.